Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. All right. Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing today? This is Pad the Stats fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, James Swanson, alongside again, my friend, Pat Cotter. Hi, Pat. How's it going today? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, we're in the middle of the week here. Um going to do our first uh kind of look at some players heading into the 2019 season so we've done a lot so far on our rookies we've done a lot pertaining to the nfl draft to you know rookie drafts uh dynasty um this podcast though is going to be geared a little bit more towards redraft not not 100 towards redraft but more so guys that we think are going to take uh a step in the right direction this coming season so this is our 2019 risers episode it's kind of a combination between guys we think might break out a little bit um but they're really the 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 key here is i have three players pat has three players and we think these are guys who are going to take a nice step forward uh a lot of these guys are young guys that are in maybe their second season their third season who we think are going to make you know, they kind of had an impact. They had some flashes last year, but they're really going to take a step in the right direction and have a real uh, fantasy impact this season coming up. So let's jump right into it, Pat. We don't have a lot of time to uh, to waste here. I want to get through these six players pretty quickly, uh, but, you know, we're also going to give some in-depth, you know, numbers and, um, you know, kind of a scouting report on why we think these guys are going to take a step forward. Not just our opinion, but we're going to back this up with some numbers too. Um First and foremost, though, before we do get into the episode, I want to remind everybody, please subscribe and download the podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, TuneIn Radio, um, pretty much every you know podcast directory that you can think of, you can pretty much find the podcast. So please follow us at Pad the Stats. Find us there. Uh, you know, follow us at at on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram. We really do appreciate it. So Pat. I'm going to defer to you. I'm going to let you give me your first riser of 2019. Go for it, big guy. All right. So my first riser of 2019 will be uh, a guy named Tyler Lockett. You know, he's the guy that I see. A- Boo. No, no. I'm going to tell you why this guy is going to be a stud this year. Uh, you know, I'm actually seeing a good amount of, of other kind of fantasy podcasts or experts, you know, rank him fairly high. And I think that he uh, deserves to be up there. You know, last year he had semi, a semi kind of breakout year. He had he ended up getting ten touchdowns. He had fifty seven catches on seventy targets for a, uh, a catch rate of eighty one percent. Pretty good for for him. And uh, you know, he had a nine hundred sixty five yards there, which would have been about uh, seventeen yards per catch. So uh, he's he's he uh, he's a fairly good deep ball receiver. They're actually I saw today that they're they're planning on moving him into the slot now that. Um, Doug Baldwin, Baldwin is, re- is, retired, is retired, which could yeah. meaning he could get a, a little bit more volume than we've seen in the past. Yeah, and I think a guy like you know DK Metcalf coming in that'll really open up kind of that inner inner part of the field, kind of like he Tyler Lockett used to for them, but to a, a greater extent, I think. You know, it's surprising Tyler Lockett's a guy I kind of really didn't think much of coming into the year, but he's been extremely efficient. He's had a perfect passer rating last year when targeted. Uh, that was the first time PFF has ever, ever seen this happen, you know, according to their metrics. And uh, he's had the highest, highest passer rating when targeted for any receiver over 200 
200 catches since mm-hmm. 2009. Wow. So okay. he's been extremely so he's efficient, been efficient just yep. to, in the four years he's been in the league. For a deep ball guy, too. Or a guy yeah, that we especially. think is a deep ball guy. Yeah, and you know you don't expect that out of a guy that's going to be going down the field a lot, but he has been really successful with uh, Russell Wilson. Um, he's had over 65 targets in every single year he's been in Seattle. All four years, but he's never had over 70. I think he can break that this year. Okay. He averages about 14 yards per reception on uh, on every on his catches throughout his career. Like I said, last year was 17. They'll probably go down a little bit, but I still expect him to uh, be pretty uh, high up in on there. Um, 10 touchdowns last year probably will come down a little bit, but with more catches, uh, I think he can be pretty safe. Honestly, and he's only missed one game in four seasons, although he seems to be banged up all the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, he might he's a guy that seems to be injured a lot, but really goes out there and plays all the games. Here's my question, Pat. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Can he be a top 12 receiver like Doug Baldwin? I, you know, I think he's got that upside. I wouldn't expect it drafting him. You know, I think he's going to be a solid and safe wide receiver too with wide receiver one upside. I wouldn't put money down on it, him being a top 10, top 12 wide receiver, but I could I see it in the realm of possibilities. I mm-hmm. would say I would be much more drafting him, you know, as one of those guys you can get as one of your last wide receiver twos that you can guarantee is going to be finishing as a good wide receiver two. Okay. Uh, so I, I agree with you there. The efficiency, I was surprised when you ran some of those numbers by me in terms of just how efficient he has been. Really impressed there for a guy who we think of as a deep ball specialist a little bit. Uh, Certainly had an impact in the return game early in his career. Um, I am encouraged. Look, I'll be honest with you, man. I was not on board when when I was like, no, 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 Tyler Lockett. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I was trying to block it out. But the more you ran those numbers by me, the more I... I started to come around a little bit. I'm not 100% sold yet that he's going to step into that Doug Baldwin role and excel. But I think that what you said is, hey, he's pretty safe at a low-end wide receiver too. Mike, I don't I don't see, I, I don't think necessarily there's going to be a ton of upside there. Personal opinion, I don't think there's a ton of upside there. I think he's going to be pretty safe. Um, I don't think he's going to return what Doug Baldwin can give you. But in terms of the opportunity and what he's already done in terms of track record. Yeah, I think he is a riser for 2019. No, yeah, and, no and question. Honestly, I was in the same boat. Whenever I kind of I kind of got a, uh, a, you know, I saw him as a guy that people were getting on, and I'm like, oh, you know, well, he does have an opportunity with Doug Baldwin leaving, even though Doug Baldwin was pretty injured all of last year. Mm-hmm. I don't think DK Metcalf comes in and be, is a, a high target guy. So I yeah. thought Lockett could take over that, and I saw his numbers, and I was really surprised. I was kind of, you know, like same on the same boat you were. So I honestly think he could be pretty safe this year. How does he stack up against the Rams receivers? I would rather have um, – all of the Rams receivers, honestly. Are they close? Uh, yeah, they're right in the same tier for me. Okay. Um, I have uh, him right now as my 24th ranked receiver. Um, but I, like I said, that a lot of it is the guys above him have a lot. I think I have a lot more upside. But mm-hmm. I could see him finishing above a lot of the guys. Like Allen Robinson, like Jarvis Landry, like Alshon Jeffrey. Um, you know, I've got him above guys like Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, and DJ Moore. But, you know, those guys have that upside. But mm-hmm. I... Uh, Kind of believe in Tyler Lockett a little bit more. Okay. my I would take DJ Moore. That's one of my guys that, uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to be talking about here in a second. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I, I like everything you have to say about Tyler Lockett. Love the num- numbers to back it up. So that's Pat's number one riser for 2019. My first guy, I'm going to go to the running back position. For the Detroit Lions, 
carry on Johnson. I know that he missed the last six games in 2018 with that knee injury. He played in 10 games. I'll run through some of the numbers here quickly. 118 attempts, 641 yards, three touchdowns. He would have been on pace, 16 games, 189 carries, 1,025 yards, five touchdowns. Um, You know, he finished with 32 receptions on 39 targets, uh, 213 yards and a touchdown. Would have finished on pace for 51 catches, uh, 62 targets, 341 yards. So, you know, a guy that um, had a pretty really good year, an efficient year, uh, you know, for the Lions. And that's saying a lot behind it, you know, in a, in a system, I should say, that has not traditionally ran the ball, you know, extremely well, right? Uh, they haven't had a 100-yard rusher. I think carry-on last year was the first 100-yard rusher they've had yeah, in some, from some time, maybe since Barry Sanders. I don't even know. Um, so really, really encouraging things. I think that it was very evident that he has all the talent in the world to be a three-down back. The question is, what does Matt Patricia do with that offense? Uh, not so much Matt Patricia, but what kind of philosophy does he employ as coordinators? What, what do they see in terms of uh, giving a workhorse back like I think Carrion Johnson can be? Do, do they make him a, a workhorse back is what I'm trying to get at. I don't know if they do. That's the only thing that's holding me back here, but I'm going to tell you what. I, I, in my opinion, I think this is a year where Carrion Johnson goes over 1,000 yards. I think he probably catches 40, 50 passes, um, and I really believe that he's he's going to be a uh, a safe safe top twenty running back with you know some top fifteen upside. I would say uh, at the position, you know, he averaged fifteen touches per game last year. I know the Lions brought in C.J. Anderson, and that's going to give everybody a little bit of pause, especially what he did in L.A. last year. He still looked like he had some juice in the tank. I get that. But on Johnson, trust me, get behind this guy. He's going to have a good year this year. Uh, they're going to realize that, hey, C.J. Anderson is a little bit past his prime. He's a little bit, you know, past where he was maybe a few years ago, even though he's still, um, I don't know anything, he's in his late 20s still. But but on Johnson is the guy there. He's going to get, he's going to get the workload. I, I really do believe that, and I think he's going to have a nice year, and I think he's going to reward fantasy owners in a big way. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think he has all the talent in the world. I think that if given the opportunity, he can succeed and be a very, like a stalwart running back. Even looking to crack the top 10, if he would actually get that full workload, I just have my doubts that he's going to get that workload. There are guys like C.J. Anderson there that can that can shoulder you know a decent load, maybe not be the most efficient back in the world, but who can succeed when given an opportunity. Uh, guys like Theo Riddick, who could take the uh, take all the catch all the passes that kind of they want to use and and work as a third down back. So I think he's going to be heavily rotated and honestly be a very frustrating back to own mm-hmm. this year. But if any of those those guys get injured and he or if they decide, hey, let's just go stick with Carry On because he's our best guy. I think he the world the sky's the limit for him. Honestly, yeah. Uh, you know, there's a chance there for some regression in terms of efficiency. 189 carries. Oh, a little over a thousand yards is a a pretty good average, um, but I I don't know I, I think that well he only had three touchdowns right I mean five touchdowns he, he had three touchdowns yeah that that was his I think well, you could think that he was he what he was that. on pace for is what I should say yeah. um I, I think that he's gonna have two, over two hundred carries this yeah. year is my point yeah now is he gonna be a guy that carries the ball two hundred and sixty times maybe not probably not. But I'm okay with him carrying the ball 210 times 
and catching 40 passes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's, I think that equates to a good year. Yeah. Um, I agree. You know, and, and they still have Matt Stafford, a guy who can really take a little, some pressure off the running game. Uh, you know, defenses still have to respect him. And, you know, they just added TJ Hawkinson, who I think is going to help both the run game and the pass game. Yeah. Marvin Jones can still stretch the field a little bit. Uh, Kenny Galladay is, I think, a, is a star in the making. So I think that there are some pieces there that will help alleviate um, the pressure from Carryon Johnson while still giving him a good enough workload that he can, uh, he can, you know, repay you as yeah. a fantasy owner in a pretty big way. I'll tell you that I got him as my twenty-one, my twenty-first ranked running back right now, uh, sandwiched between Chris Carson and Mar- and Mark Ingram. How do you feel about those two compared to him? Uh, you know. Mark Ingram, I'm coming more and more onto him just because I, I like that fit in the Ravens' offense. Um, just pure volume wise, they're going to run the ball a lot. I think. I think Mark Ingram's going to be the biggest benef- you know beneficiary of that. Yeah, I would agree. But I'm I'm still going carry on, man. You know, I'm going to go carry on over the 30 year old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to take the the young gun who I think he. The, the other concern here is is just the injury history a little bit. He had the shoulder thing in Auburn. He had the knee last year. But I think he'll he'll stay healthy this year. I know that's something you can't necessarily predict. But I'm confident that he's going to give a full slate of games this season. And he's uh, he's going to be my pick over those two guys that you just, you just listed there as well. All right, let's keep it moving. Give us your second breakout, Pat, 2019. All right, my second breakout, I'm going to stick with a, a running back and go a little bit lower down the board. A guy that... Uh, again, I think could be a pretty safe bet for your uh, your teams and a guy that you probably, if you have a, a little bit less running back depth or um, on your you know dynasty squads or need a guy that can kind of step in whenever you need him, a guy I think that will help you out is Naheem Hines. You know, th- he, this is a, a, a track star, basically. He ran a 4.38.40 back at the combine. He's not quite Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill. Tyreek Hill, I mean, not Tyreek Hill, uh, Tariq Cohen. Tree Cohen's very shifty, had a really good, you know, kind of 20 cone, had a good shuttle. Naeem Hines is, yeah. was kind of average, where he's he's a lot more of a burner. Um, well, I'll stop you there, though. I don't think he's just a track star. I think he's a good football player. No, I think he's a good football player, but I but, but this is setting up what uh, um, what uh, something later. Okay. Um, so last year, he had 85 rushes for 314 yards, two touchdowns, you know, meh, whatever. Uh, 63 receptions for 425 yards and two touchdowns. You know, I think that's where he's gonna where he's gonna win. He's gonna get a, he can get a lot of passing work in that offense and a high powered offense. An offense I want to get as many pieces as I can of, just because I think it's gonna be one of the best offenses in the league this year. And if you can get yeah. a guy in like Naheem Hines in the 10th, 11th round, Paris Campbell, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he can help too. <laughs> but you know, I think Naheem Hines is gonna be another guy that you know you can kind of tag and and. Uh, yeah. yeah, hook yourself onto that offense. Now, like I was saying, with his speed, um, he had a four three eight forty. But he, the the thing was, is he only had a long rush of eighteen yards and a long reception of twenty eight. I think that he has a lot more big play potential than eighteen yards and twenty eight yards. I think you're going to see him break off a lot of big runs and a lot of big receptions this year, much more so than he did last year. So he can get get up a little more yards than he did in the past year. Again, I think he's going to be a guy that could finish in the top, you know, top 20 in running backs with, with how the amount of receptions he could get and be a good flex kind of slash RB two, the James white, the, the Tariq Cohen type. Um, but a lot lower in the draft than those guys are going. Uh, somebody that's up and coming in the league. 
Okay. All right. Naeem Hines for Pat. I like it. I think that uh, I, I just to echo your point, my quick, you know, two cents on the matter. Um, the offensive situation is great, right? I don't think Naeem Hines is going anywhere. This is a guy who's one of the top recruits as a running back coming out of high school yeah. back in the day. So we know the talent is there. He showcased it a little bit in his rookie season. It'll be interesting to see how they continue to mix in along their other stable of running backs. Yeah. Um, you know, Marlon Mack is a guy who also can catch the ball to the backfield a little bit. You know, the funny thing is, is he, he doesn't really do that. He only had 17 receptions last year. It's just yeah. not something that they used the him for. The volume-wise. I yeah. think he does it pretty well, though. I, I do. I, I think he can catch the ball out of the backfield fine. Um, but good point. I It'll be interesting to see how they use uh, uh, their other running back, uh, Jordan, uh, Wilkins. Jordan Wilkins, um, this year as well. He kind of fizzled out a little bit there yeah. out of the offense towards the end of the year. Well, he was kind of one of those guys that we talked a lot about being a nice pick in the late rounds of drafts last year, thinking yeah. he could be their, yep. their workhorse. Uh, didn't turn out that way. But Naeem Hines, I do like it, Pat. My second guy, another guy who I think uh, you talked about, Naeem Hines, giving you big play potential. You know, big play potential potentially? Yeah, okay. Uh, DJ Moore for Carolina. Another guy who is a big play waiting to happen, I think. Played in all 16 games as a rookie. Finished the year with 55 receptions. Just under 800 yards just two touchdowns. I think that comes up this year. 82 targets last year. That was, uh, you know, he saw 67% um, of the target, or 67%, what do I have written down here? I can't even read my own writing. Uh, he saw the highest percentage of targets among Carolina wide receivers, 69% was what I, I had written down. Um, Devin Funches signed with the Colts, which is just huge. Can't be understated. Um I don't love the talent of Devin Funches, but the big key here is he left. They didn't do a whole lot to restack that wide receiver room, um, at least from what I know off the top of my head. I know through the draft they didn't do anything, to my knowledge. Uh, Pat, interject if I'm missing somebody in that Carolina receiver room, but I don't think they I thought, am. They might have got like a, a under, like an undrafted three, yeah. but I can't think of it right now. Yeah, so Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, I think, are going to run the show in Carolina. So that's my biggest calling card here, why DJ Moore is going to be a riser in 2019, why oh. you have to get your hands on him. They, they got Chris Hogan. Forgot okay, they got Chris Hogan. I don't yeah. really care about Chris Hogan. Chris, no, Chris Hogan will pop up here and there with some big games, but, you know, whatever. Um, Another name, they got Terry Godwin. Undrafted. 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 Okay, so a guy who uh, might not even make the roster. Who knows? I he's look good. Yeah, but he's still an undrafted free agent. Yeah, no, I agree. I know. <laughs> um, More of a slot guy than anything. Too. Sure, sure. You know, look, he's a favorite of mine to land inside the top 20 in terms of wide receivers this year. I think he's going to do it. I think he likely catches 15 to 20 more passes in 2019. So that 55 mark, I think you're looking at a guy that catches close to 70 balls. Um, it could be higher, but I don't trust Cam enough to put him at a higher number. Um, but I think he's going to go over 1,000 yards just based on that big playability. So you're looking at somewhere between 65 and probably 70, 72 catches for DJ Moore in year two. And I think he gets close to 1,000 yards. I think he's going to catch seven or eight-plus touchdowns as well this year. They're going to find a way to get him in the end zone, whether it's running or or receiving. So he might score a couple on end arounds. Like It would not surprise me at all if DJ Moore had two or three rushing touchdowns. Now, 
you can call those fluky because they kind of are. Um, I know that you're you're going to devise plays for that for guys like that for guys like Paris Campbell. It's still a little bit fluky in my book, uh, but I do think he's going to account for eight or nine touchdowns. Yeah, when you're this dynamic. Year. You're dynamic. So, exactly. That's a yep. good great way to put it. Yep. So yeah, again, my question is, how is Cam's shoulder? How is he going to be this year? Are they going to have to turn to Will Greer at any point? Yeah, I mean, uh, Will Greer's but, a capable guy, and he's a gunslinger. Yeah. So if if right, well, he was capable. He help. was capable in the Big Twelve. Let's see if he's capable in the yeah. NFC South. I mean, as a backup uh, quarterback, yeah. as a rookie backup quarterback, not a bad could, situation. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, okay, Pat, let's give uh, our let's give our owners, our owners, our listeners, uh, our third and yeah. final. I just wanted to say real quick on real quick on um, yeah go ahead on go ahead. DJ Moore. You know, I, I, I think he is very talented. I wouldn't write off Curtis Samuel just yet. I think he easily could become the the number one wide receiver in that offense. I think they're both very talented. Um, I would almost say that I'd almost rather just get a share of – get more shares of Curtis Samuel just because he's going to be a lot cheaper. Um, but I don't – I don't – I think I liked what I saw out of DJ Moore last year. I just have my reservations with Cam Newton. DJ Newton Moore looked more like a number one target than Curtis Samuel did at any point in the way that they tried to get him the ball. That you know, just looking at the tape, I guess that kind of the eye test. I would go with DJ Moore on that in that sense, and just yeah. where they drafted him, they invested a lot of capital in him, as they did with Curtis. Samuel. Well, yeah, he, he was a second round pick. You're right. Um, first round pick still higher though. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Give us your number three. All right, so my number three, a guy that I've kind of had my eye on for a while now, a guy I've, I've liked uh, a good amount and just kind of been in a crappy situation. Proves a little bit this year. His name is D.D. Westbrook. Uh, he, I think he's a talented wide receiver that's kind of been just uh, languishing in that uh, Jaguars receiving core. I don't think they have much there to compete with him. You know, Keelan yeah. Cole is meh. DJ Chark, you know, he's a track guy. He's a speed guy. He's big. He could break out, but I I, I think D.D. Westbrook is going to be um, – uh, he's the slot guy. He plays mostly in the slot. He catches most of the pass in the slot. I think he's going to be one of those guys that um, that uh, Nick, Nick Foles, Foles yep. looks to target, a la like Nelson Aguilar. You know, Nelson Aguilar had some really yep. good success with Nick Foles in that offense, and I think that you could see D.D. Westbrook do that as well. You know, I, I was looking at his stats, and none of them have been very impressive. You know, last year he was sick. He had 66 catches on 101 targets for 67% completion rate for 717 yards and five touchdowns. 11 yards per catch, not all that impressive. I think he's a very talented receiver, but has, you know, been struggling with Blake Bortles there. Um, and I think that Nick Foles coming in, while who he's not a you know, elite quarterback, he's an improvement over Bortles. And can help anybody is for the yeah, most part. Yeah, and besides can, Brock Osweiler. Yeah, definitely besides Brock Osweiler, <laughs> and pretty much anybody. Um, uh, John Elway's drafted. <laughs> yeah, not and, not Drew Lock though. Yeah, but that's another discussion. Go ahead. And uh, what I saw, D, I saw D.D. Westbrook uh, caught the third most catches from the slot out of any receiver last year. So I th- you know I think that uh, he's going to be a reliable target for Nick Foles. And uh, most likely a not a high octane offense, but one that could get you decent numbers for a very cheap price. Again, kind of my theme of the day. Yeah, uh, look, I I like the D.D. Westbrook pick here just because you know 
he has flashed at times. And when he flashes, I think he's looked really good. I owned him on one of my teams last year, and he gives you these stat lines where it's like, wow, man. Like, could you just do that for, like, even two out of every three games? Yeah. Uh, or even, like, half the games. But mm-hmm. it's, like, one out of every four or one out of every three. Um, but, again, we have to point most of that, I think, to Blake Bortles and his, uh, you know, just being incapable, I think, at times. Yeah, uh, no doubt. No question. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think the situation gets any worse with Nick Foles. Um, yeah, man, I, I like it. I think D.D. Westbrook takes a step up, not in terms of what we've seen already. We've seen enough in terms of what he can do in, in small sample sizes, I think, the consistency. And I think we get the consistency a little bit more so with him this year. So I like it. I'm going to stick at the wide receiver position, and I'm going to go with a guy who, in his another second-year player, and that's Christian Kirk out of Arizona. Now, man, oh man, I was so excited. I have Christian Kirk on my dynasty team, and I was so excited about having him on my squad this year until the Cardinals went out and drafted three freaking receivers in the draft. I mean, I don't even know you know, about Keyshawn Johnson. I have not done any scouting on Keyshawn Johnson, so I don't even know if he's going to be a viable option. Um, He could be. I I don't know. The other two guys, you know, Hakeem Butler and Andy Isabella are two players who made some noise. Andy Isabella at the Senior Bowl and Hakeem Butler, just from what we saw on tape, we really like Pat. So, Look, it worries me a little bit now that they have this crowded room and Larry Fitzgerald, who's going to be 36 years old this season, is still there. So I don't think they get away from him completely. I still think he has his role. They're not just going to bench him unless he's hurt. He was banged up a lot last year. He had some soft tissue stuff. I know he had a hammy. um, Didn't have a good season. But he came off three straight years where he had over 100 catches. So I have to think he still probably has it to a degree. Uh, he's one of the greatest of all time, probably one of the best top three receivers of all time, top yeah. three or four receivers of all time at this point, um, especially in terms of numbers. So where the the biggest thing here is where does Kyler Murray lean? Who does he fall in love with? I believe that I really do believe that Christian Kirk has a has an opportunity to be that guy. I watched some film on him last year. I was impressed with what I saw just because of, you know, I had some ownership of him. I was very interested to see what kind of impact he would have in year one. Down the stretch, he was good. Uh, averaged 53, so he was on the field a lot too. He averaged 53 snaps per week in weeks 10 through 13 before he had a broken foot. Now, he is good to go. There's no, you know, it's not like... Uh, the Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say it's not like Hollywood Brown situation where he's going to be maybe missing some time or have some complications in the camp. He's good to go. Um, so he played in 12 games in his first year. Um, hold on, I'm trying to get to my numbers here. I have a bunch of, bunch of stats written down. Uh, he finished 2018, 43 receptions, 590 yards, three touchdowns on, on 68 targets. So a little bit below what we saw from DJ Moore. Um, touchdowns were, you know, similar on pace for 57 catches, just under 800 yards and four touchdowns on a 16 game pace. But I think, again, I just, I think this comes down to who does Kyler Murray favor, you know, favor. I could see Larry Fitzgerald being that guy again, just based on longevity and being Larry Fitzgerald, but Kyler Murray and Christian Kirk, I predict will have 
a very, very good relationship. He's going to have a better relationship with him than he does with Hakeem Butler and Andy Isabella, not just in year one, but moving forward. That is my prediction. And uh, I think this is a guy who has a chance to take a major step, not quite in the in the conversation of DJ Moore. He's not going to be a top 20 receiver in my book, but I think he has a chance to be a top 30 receiver uh, when it's all said and done, probably towards the end of that. If, if you get you know something like, Marvin Jones numbers out of him, I think you'll be fairly happy. happy. Allen Robinson numbers out of him. Um, I think he can flirt with that ballpark. I really do. So Christian Kirk is my number three. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I like the talent. Uh, Another guy that, you know, I agree with you. I think I like talent. It's just question, like you said, how much they spread the ball around. I think this could be an offense where they really just do kind of get it to everybody. Uh, I, if I would bet, I would, I would peg him for the most targets. I think he, I mean, just, uh, you know, he's, he's been there. He knows the offense. He's young. He's, you know, not dealing with quite the soft tissue injuries that, that mm-hmm. Larry Fitzgerald well, we does. Think he, well, he's still athletic. Yeah. Um, yes. I think Larry's a savvy vet and, and can, can do all that stuff still. But, you know, he's, get, he's getting up there in age. You can't discount that. Um, I mean, if, if last year was an indication at all with Larry Fitzgerald, breaking down is kind of a high probability. Yeah, at this point. and I, I mean – it, I, I, Larry's not a guy, a guy I would take a shot on, but I'd much rather draft Christian Kirk. Yeah. You know, I, again, I think that more what's going to impede Christian Kirk is just is um, Kyler Murray just spreading the ball out a lot, um, getting it to guys like Andy Isabella and Hakeem Butler. But I would I would peg him as the favorite right now to get the most targets. Okay. All right. Well, that's all we have then. Uh, three apiece. We are going to do an opposite end of the spectrum on this and guys who we think might take a step back in 2019 on our next podcast. So stay tuned for that. Again, find us on uh, all the major podcast directories. I will have this podcast up here um, for your listen on Thursday. Um, enjoy that. And again, look for the next one on our... Uh, I'm not sure we're going to call it yet, Pat. I guess our... Uh, We'll figure out a name for it. We'll figure out a name for it. But enjoy the week, everybody. And we are fast approaching um, football season. It'll be here before you know it. So enjoy the podcast. Enjoy the preparation. Listen to us at Pat the Stats. I'm your host, James Swanson, along with Pat Cotter, signing off. Have a good one. Bye-bye. See you later.